News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Macias Show. I am recording this from the Capitol. I just had to find a little quiet space in the Capitol to record uh, my podcast because I'm here today meeting with a bunch of different conservative grassroots people all across Texas. Today in the Texas Senate, this is being recorded on Thursday, they are hearing multiple bills that deal with the issue of gender modification. And uh, it has been made clear and continues to be clear on a weekly basis that the Texas Senate is taking this issue very seriously. So they're talking about this issue, they literally voted out on that during that same committee uh, a bill on saving women's sports, actually banning biological men from competing with women at a college level. They voted on a ban on taxpayer-funded lobbying out of the Senate. So if that is something you care about, your taxpayer monies, for those, for those of you who don't understand this issue, literally, you pay your taxes, your local government, city, county, school district, get your tax money. They then go spend tens of millions of dollars hiring a bunch of lobbyists in Austin. And then those lobbyists go in and when conservatives show up and say, hey, we want to reduce property taxes, we want to put more money towards this, we want to take money away from some of these government bureaucrats, we want to give it back to the taxpayer, these lobbyists come in and say, no, 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 that's a really bad idea. And those lobbyists are paid with your money to then tell people, no, we need more of those people's money, right? It is a wicked system. And Senator Mays Middleton fought this in the House when he was a state representative. He's now a state senator. This bill is flying out. So that is good news. The question is, where will it be in the Texas House? This issue, historically, when it goes over to the House, gets watered down, okay? And it gets watered down in a myriad of ways. One might be, oh, well, we're going to turn this bill into a bill that requires you to transparently report certain taxpayer-funded lobbying activities. Or what the Texas House has done is said, hey, we're going to say that if you're paid by taxpayers, if you're a taxpayer-funded lobbyist, you can't lobby on issues of taxation, transparency, ethics, but you can lobby on a bunch of other stuff. And all of these leave massive loopholes where every single one of these lobbyists will ultimately still get away with using your taxpayer money against you. So that will come over to the House. That is an important issue. And that has already been voted out of the Texas Senate. As I'm recording this podcast three or four hours ago, the Senate voted it out uh, of committee. It'll go to the Senate chamber. It'll get voted on there, go over to the House, and it'll go quickly. Guys, we only have like 55 more days for House bills to pass the House, okay? That is the bottleneck. If the House is going to deal with some of these issues, they have to pass a bill in the next 55 days. And then after that, there's a window of time where they can just pass Senate bills, so any bills that the House didn't get around to passing, they can pick up from the Senate, which there will probably be a long list of conservative bills that they haven't debated yet that the Senate has already passed and given to them that they can pick up and have a couple weeks to pass that out as well. The clock is ticking. Every even two or three day weekend these guys take off costs us conservative legislation, which is why so many conservatives have said y'all need to spend as little time as possible as little time as possible back home. Now, I wish for some of these state reps who I know, right, they're good people, they actually believe what we believe, I wish they didn't have to be here every single day, but they do because that's what it's going to take to actually pass some of these policies. Gender modification, there are four different bills that are being discussed. Senator Donna Campbell's bill is going to likely be 
the fastest moving vehicle on this issue. It is mirrored in the Texas House by Representative Tom Oliverson, and it does make some restrictions on this issue. It basically says that doctors may not prescribe these puberty blockers, that they may not conduct these surgeries. That's very good news for Texans. It does not end the transitioning of children. Children will still be transitioned in Texas, but it does restrict the worst parts of it. I call it the 20-week abortion ban, okay? When, when the Texas legislature banned abortion at 20 weeks, they stopped the most horrific late-term abortions that the most people opposed. There were still abortions that went on and abortions that were harder to make illegal, and those took additional legislative actions. I say that to say that if the Senate is successful in moving this legislation and it goes to the House and it passes the Texas House and it goes to the governor, that's going to be a win the same way the 20-week abortion ban was a win. It didn't mean that children were not transitioned. It didn't mean that abortions did not happen, okay? And in that same way, this bill will not mean that children are not transitioned. That is one reason that that issue will be an issue that we continue to talk about on this show. You wouldn't take your kids to a strip club, so why would you allow them to change their gender or chop their breasts off? Listen now to season four of Exposed, The War on Texas Kids, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And moving from the Texas Senate to the Texas House, we had a huge victory for conservative grassroots Texans. So last week, we talked to you about this LGBT resolution that unanimously passed the Texas House of Representatives. And there were there was commentary put out. In fact, Representative Tinderholt put out a statement that just said, look, this shouldn't have happened. I'm going to vote against the entire package if they ever tried to do this again. And then a bunch of other state reps, people put out statements saying, well, this is ridiculous and we didn't support it and we wouldn't support it and we registered no votes. And then we talked to you about the fact that a registered no vote doesn't actually stop these resolutions from passing. So, you know, a lot of people are trying to make different excuses. But what is absolutely hilarious is that it didn't take a month or a couple weeks for this issue to come up again. In this week's resolution packet, they stuck an even more aggressive LGBT resolution on the calendar. And that was Chairman Bobby Guerra, Democrat chair. Dade Phelan made him a chair. He forced the vote. Every Republican on the committee voted to put this in the packet. Cron to Timish, Stan Gertis. I don't think Stan Kitzman because he wasn't there. Gary Gates, who's a member of the Freedom Caucus. Very disappointing to see him vote to put this in the packet. And Lynn Stuckey from Denton and Wise County. So they all put it on the packet. So representatives start talking about this issue. Representative Tony Tinderholt, Brian Slayton actually put out public statements saying we're voting against this package 100%. The Texas GOP then stepped into action. I mean, there was a letter put out with 75% of the SREC and the chairman, Matt Rinaldi, the vice chair, Dana Myers, Robin Armstrong, our national committee man, all saying this is ridiculous. Vote this resolution down. This resolution, for those of you who want to know what it did, is it was a resolution where the state of Texas was going to thank this gay couple for their contributions, quote unquote, contributions to Texas. And those contributions included them suing Greg Abbott and Rick Perry for alleging that their civil rights were being, being violated. And by civil rights, they meant the fact that their own sexual proclivities were not defined as marriage. 
And so they sue, they lose, they end up doing amicus briefs with Obergefell. The Supreme Court does what they did in the abortion instance in 1973, and they say, hey, we're going to make one decision that more imposes the moral will of the left on every body across the country. And now the Texas House of Representatives, the state of Texas itself, is going to thank these people for their contributions to Texas. By the way, our state constitution still says, I mean, our law still says marriage is a man and a woman. We don't see the work that they did to undermine those laws as contributions. They're detractors. And so this resolution that's sitting there, H.R. 85, starts getting more and more and more opposition. You could hear just the murmur mill throughout the Texas House of Representatives. People were ticked. And it's always funny when it starts. It first starts out, you have a bunch of politicians, and they're all saying, you know, you see them saying things, you hear them saying things like, oh, well, look, here's the thing. We're, we're, we're not going to vote against the whole thing. This is just being... It's not a big deal. It's just a resolution. And then they go, well, we read it. It's a little bigger of a deal. But look, here's the thing. We can't vote it down because we've got all these other resolutions. And then, you know, a couple hours later, people are calling them, texting them. Texas Scorecard wrote that story got massive traction all across the state of Texas. The Texas Scorecard was the first news outlet to actually write about this resolution coming up, causing all these problems. That gets a ton of traction. People are emailing their state reps. Hey, did you see the story? Did, are you voting for this resolution? All of a sudden, people are saying, well, look, I mean, I'll, I'll probably vote against it. And then the numbers start adding up. And people realize, we don't even know if this resolution is going to pass. And you had a lot of state representatives, starting with Tony Tinderholm, Brian Slayton, who, and, and later quickly followed by Nate Schatzlein, Brian Harrison. The Freedom Caucus did come out eventually. So this was really good news because Gary Gates, member of the Freedom Caucus, the only vote he took was in support of this resolution. But by the next day, the Freedom Caucus had come out with its statement saying, hey, we're against this entire packet. And so what was made very quickly clear was that we didn't, nobody in this building knew whether this entire packet was going to go down. And you had a bunch of Republicans that said, we will vote for against all 100 of these resolutions because of that horrible resolution that's in it. And so ultimately, Representative Plessa, who authored this resolution, surrendered this morning, got up and said, okay, I'm pulling this resolution. She told the Dallas Morning News that she felt like allowing the resolution forward would just give hateful bigots a platform uh, to spew their hate and bigotry. And that was her way of uh, criticizing people for actually standing up for some sense of traditional values that have made Texas, Texas. Why is this a victory? Because one week ago, a bunch of Republican state representatives were saying, I don't know why y'all are making such a big deal about this LGBTQIA resolution passing unanimously. It didn't pass unanimously. This vote doesn't even matter. The vote on all of them doesn't matter. And within five or six days, I mean, there's dozens, if not a majority of the Texas House that was sitting there going, we're going to vote against this entire packet of resolutions. Okay. This is when we talk about moving the Overton window on every single issue within the Republican Party in the state of Texas. This is one example. This is how you move people. They establish a certain narrative, but conservatives insisted on saying, no, you're not, we are not going to let Democrats take some Marxist leftist resolution and make the entire state of Texas endorse it. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to deliver conservative results for the people of Texas. The Senate is passing legislation. The House has not. Today, the House was set to honor these LGBT couple for their contributions to Texas, while the Senate heard a bill 
to ban gender modification, uh, specifically puberty blockers and surgeries, right? So all that being said, this was a victory in the Texas House of Representatives. And it was the first time we really started to see these, the conservative side of the GOP within the caucus kind of, I would say, flex their muscles, exercise a little bit of their power, leverage. And it was also the first time you saw House leadership not be able to control the Texas House. Dade Phelan, Craig Goldman, Dustin Burroughs, these guys were not in charge of the resolutions calendar for about 24 hours. And that is always a victory for the people of Texas. When they lose control of the pace and the tone is when you know we're starting to get conservative results. So these are good things. The next several weeks are going to be chock full of hearings and votes of bills out of hearings and debates on the Senate floor and debates on the House floor and things are moving back and forth. So we're going to try to help continue to dissect what all is going on. This is like the last week that the House is only handling a couple issues and not seeing any bills. The Senate is hearing a bunch of real serious issues, but they move so quick on them. They just have a hearing and get it out of there. Debate it on the Senate and get it out. Because Dan Patrick knows what he wants to get out of this session, which is all these conservative victories. And in the House, we're going to see these games still played. But that being said, we are seeing more movement and momentum behind a lot of these issues than we have seen in past sessions. And it looks like the previous deals that have been cut and the placating to Democrats on some of these issues is harder to execute on the part of Republican leadership in the Texas House. And that is a good thing, that the environment is changing in such a way that it is harder for them to placate to Democrats. So this is a good thing. We should all be excited about what's happening there. That's my late week update for you, and I will be back early next week with additional information about everything going on. I really hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Also, I'm recording this on my wife's birthday. Super sad, guys. I am in the Austin capital while my wife is having a birthday in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, so if you want to know uh, how angelic the person is that I have decided to be covenanted to for the rest of my life on earth, it is a woman who uh, was okay. And I had to uh, let her know. I wasn't sure, but the Senate had scheduled gender modification legislation. And she said, that's totally fine. We're just going to celebrate my birthday later in the week. So uh, y'all can all just, I don't know if you're grateful for her, at least just like recognize her. I'm recognizing her so that you and your mind can be like, wow, that's a pretty amazing woman that Luke has. And it is. I am blessed. And so uh, with that being said, I really do hope that y'all have a blessed rest of your week and weekend, and I will come back to you early next week. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.